if you watch anything in the news, all they're talking about is they're forecasting a recession's coming up. They're talking about how the war, how everything going on with uh, monkeypox and, and whatever, you name it. They're talking about how recession is coming again. But if you're a Christian, you're a tither and a giver, you're in covenant with God. And because you're in covenant with God, you are recession proof. But if you've been following me for any amount of time, you know that in order to become recession proof, you can't have a lack of knowledge. God said my people destroyed themselves due to a lack of knowledge. It's our responsibility not to lack knowledge, revelation knowledge in the area of our finances. When we have revelation of what the blood of Jesus has done for us and delivered us out of all the curse of the law, delivered us from all poverty, it says in 2 Corinthians 8, he became poor that we might become rich. He said the spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring glad tidings to the poor. When we're wise and have revelation on what the word says concerning our finances, we're actually recession proof. Doesn't matter what the world goes through, we play on a different level. We're seated in heavenly places, not in earthly places. We're not seated in natural laws. We're seated in the heavenly. So somebody type in the comments, I will be recession proof. I will be recession proof. You don't have to get a bunch of canned food for food shortages. You don't have to freak out like everybody else. You can live in rest. You are recession proof. Before we get into it, I want you to uh, like the live stream, share it with a friend, share it with a couple friends. We appreciate that you share the live streams. Thanks, Ian. And while you're on here, everybody go follow my spiritual son, my son in the faith, Ian Ross. He's a young evangelist being brought up to bring the gospel to the nations. Seven keys, and I've already added a couple, so it's probably going to end up being like 10 keys. But we'll call it for now seven keys to being recession proof. Good morning, Tay. Good morning, Uncle Brian. Seven keys to becoming recession-proof. Number one, you can write this down. Go with me to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. We're going to start here. Garrett Hone said, number one, don't be an idiot. That is a good start. <laughs> but in order to, to not fall into that category, you got to know what the word says. There's a lot of smart Christians that aren't idiots that are just ignorant. And they don't know how to make it through. If people would know what the word says concerning finances, they'd become indestructible in that area. Hello, Trisha on YouTube, Michelle on YouTube, Amber on YouTube. I love y'all. God bless you. Number one, we're going to start in Numbers chapter 13. In Numbers 13, you see that Moses sends 12 spies to go spy out what God had promised them. The promised land. Hey, Jim. Good morning. You'll like this series. 
God sends out 12 spies to go and spy, or Moses sends out 12 spies to go spy out the land that God had already promised them. God first promised it to Abraham's father. Actually, if you study it, it says that Abraham's father was on his way to Canaan and he stopped in Haran. It says he settled in Haran. Don't be somebody that settles in Haran. So God picked up with Abraham and told Abraham, depart from your family, go to this land that I show you in Canaan. And then after Abraham passes, he picks up with Moses. And then Joshua and the Lord has taken his people to where he promised he would get them. God has promised you prosperity. God has promised you, Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He promised that in this life you actually live in rest. That you don't have to strive and struggle through life like the heathen. But you actually can rest in the blood covenant and what is God's becomes yours. All you have to do is tap into your heavenly resources. Fulfill the plan of God for your life and watch as the grace and the provision just begins to flow in your life. So these 12 spies are going to spy out what God had already promised them. And I'm not, you can read the whole story on your own. I'm just going to point out a few things. But in summary, what happens is the spies come back and they say the land is everything God said it is. There's prosperity in the land. The fruit in the land is abundant. It's huge. It surely is a land flowing with milk and honey, meaning healing and provision or provision and healing. El Shaddai is one of God's names, the many-breasted one. So a land flowing with milk and honey. Honey was known for its healing property and how it nourishes the body. So they were saying, surely it is a land that's flowing with milk and honey, abundance and healing. However, there's giants in the land. There's enemies in the land. There's massive walls in the land. We're even as grasshoppers in their sight. So they said, although it's everything God promised us it would be, although we know God promised we can live and rest, his yoke is easy, his burden is light, the news says there's a recession coming. The gas prices are through the roof. There's no more baby formula on the shelves. All of these things in the natural that would give them a reason to not go possess the land. But two of the twelve stood up, Caleb and Joshua. And in verse 30 of Numbers 13, it says, Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome. Good morning, Pastor Mary. So my pastor, Pastor Stan, says, We are of the two and not of the ten. It says that the ten spies came and brought back an evil report saying that we are as grasshoppers in their sight. But Caleb and Joshua brought back a good report saying we are well able to possess it. We have a covenant with God. So we are of the two and not of the ten. Somebody type in the comments, I'm of the two, I'm not of the ten. We're of the two with the spirit of faith. God said it, we believe it, and that settles it. We're of the two. It doesn't matter who's in the land. Doesn't matter what the gas prices are. Doesn't matter what giant is on the news. Doesn't matter if they're prophesying a recession. 
We're of the two and not of the ten. God said we live and rest. And he said, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. We remain of the two and not of the ten. We believe the good report, God's report. We walk by faith. We're not moved by sight. Somebody type this in the comments. I'm not moved by circumstances. I move circumstances. Good morning, Colton. As everybody's jumping on this morning, I know we're getting into the lunch hour. We're going to get a a wave of people jumping on. As you're jumping on, share this with somebody that needs to know they can become recession-proof. Their finances will not be determined by what the news says or what the World Economic Forum says, but that their finances will be determined by what God says. I'm not moved by circumstances or by sight. I move my circumstances. Gas is $6 a gallon. That's all right. My income now increases as the blessings of the Lord overtake me. As prices raise, my income raises. As prices raise, my giving increases. I am recession-proof. And I'll leave you with one more thing on Numbers 14. This is my first point. God is listening to what you say. God is actually watching to see if you know your covenant with Him. God is listening to see if you have a different spirit about you. The Lord said, my servant Caleb has a different spirit about him. So he said that the other ten that spread the report of evil and unbelief, they did not inherit the promised land. And all of the millions of people that agreed with the evil report did not inherit the promised land. But Caleb and Joshua, along with Moses and Aaron, those that believed the report of the Lord, they inherited the promised land. So everyone that was moved by, in in today's day and age, everyone that was moved by what the news said, everyone that was moved by what they were hearing from evil reports of unbelief, God listened to what they said. And listen to what he said here. In verse uh, 28, Numbers 14, 28. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my ears, so I will do to you. As you have spoken in my ears, so I will do to you. God is listening to what you're saying. If you're a Christian, God is with you always. Jesus said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He's always listening to your confession. Do you believe the report of the Lord? My pastor says it this way. Of the 12, who got what they said? They all did. The ten said we can't possess the land, and they didn't possess the land. The two said they could, and they did. So God will make whatever you say in his ears happen in your life. 
Somebody type in the comments, I have what I say. I have what I say. In Job, it says, when men say there's a casting down, you will say there's a rising up. When the news says there's a recession, you say I'm entering into a new level of prosperity. When the news says that there's another wave of monkeypox coming through, you say I'm healthier today and every day after this than I've ever been in my entire life. When men say there's a casting down, you say there's a rising up. When everybody else is going down in life, you're moving up in life. We stand on the word. So number one point of the seven keys to become recession proof is understand you will have what you say. You will have what you say. Start speaking the blood covenant. My pastor, Pastor Stan, whenever you're with him, whether it's in the church, behind the pulpit, at a restaurant, when he's working, all day long, all he does is confess his covenant with God. He sings it. I'm blood blessed. Glory to God. He'll just be singing the covenant that he has with God all day. His confession is constant. He'll always say, I never lack for money. I never lack ability and I never lack opportunity. Money comes to me. He's always confessing his covenant with God. Remember, the psalmist said, His praise shall continually be on my lips. Not only during your prayer time, not only at church. I like how Pastor Hankins says it. He said he was praying one day and he was meditating on Mark eleven twenty two and 23. And the Lord said, if I would have added two words to the end of that, then we would have a lot of super Christians, faith-filled Christians. And he said, the two words are in church. If you say to this mountain, be cast up and thrown into the sea, and do not doubt with your heart, but believe that whatsoever you shall say shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say in church. He said we'd have a lot of faith Christians because many Christians can control what they say in church. But it's not about just what you say in church. God is with you everywhere you go, even until the end of the age. So everything you say, you're speaking actually in the presence of God if you're a Christian. He lives in you. So when you're at work, when you're in the shower, when you're getting ready, when you're at dinner, All day, every day, be confessing, if God be for me, who can be against me? When men say there's a casting down, I will be raising up. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. My cup overflows. All day, every day, confess your covenant with God. Point number two, be a tither. This is like, I I probably could have started with this, but our base scripture is going to be Numbers 13 and 14. Everything else is going to come off of that. Number two, go with me to Malachi chapter three. I think many Christians are, uh, they misinterpret the point of tithing and what comes along with it.
Number two key to being recession-proof. Not moved by what happens in the world's economy. Be a tither. The tithe is holy and belongs to God. But the Bible says, my friend Stephen and I were talking about this the other day, the Bible says, all the silver and all the gold belong to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But in Malachi 3, he says, you've been robbing me. Basically, what he's saying is you've been robbing his ability to bless you. Because you can't take all the silver and gold from God. It's his anyway. So all you're really doing when you don't tithe is you're robbing God's ability to open the windows of heaven in your life. Listen to this. Malachi 3, starting in verse 6. For I am the Lord, and I do not change. Somebody type in the comments, God does not change. For I am the Lord, and I do not change. Remember, in Galatians chapter 6, Paul said, God is not mocked. Don't be deceived, for God is not mocked. It's another way of saying Malachi 3.6. I don't change. I'm not mocked. If I said a thing, like it says in Numbers uh, 23, I believe it is, God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he the son of man that he would change his mind. God is not mocked. God does not change. If it left his mouth, if it's in his word, he will bring it to pass. So he says, I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, O sons of Jacob, that's covenant talk. O sons of Jacob, remember when they would pray, O God, our father, the father of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, they're reminding God of his covenant with them. Remind God the covenant that he has with you. O sons of Jacob, remember the covenant you have as a son of Jacob, as a son of Abraham, the seed of Abraham because of your faith in Christ. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. Basically, God is saying, if it wasn't for my covenant, you would have already been consumed. But clearly, I remember my covenant. It's time for you to remember because I haven't consumed you yet, O sons of Jacob. My covenant is still with you. From the days of your father, you have gone away from my ordinances, have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you. I want you to underline that in your Bible and highlight it. This is very important. God tells you how many people are to return to him. Many people think returning to God is just simply having a prayer closet or doing devotions in the morning. But God doesn't say that there. He says, return to me and I will return to you. How, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? See, they thought they had been praying, they had been going to the temple, they had been bringing sacrifices. Obviously, there's, they have some relationship with God because he's still communicating with them. This is before 400 years of silence, before Jesus came. So they must have had some communication with God. They must have thought they were doing things right. Return to me and I'll return to you. But how shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. 
You are cursed with the curse, your whole nation, for you are robbing me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now let's break this down a little bit. This will be fun. (laughs) This will be fun. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Well, who's the food for in God's house? God's servants, the priests, those that are taking care of the people. Have you noticed in in the town, I won't won't give the specific name of where we just recently moved from, but they're not the only place. Many places that you'll go, people frown upon their pastors prospering. If their pastor has a nicer car than anyone in the congregation, they start getting a smirk on their face. Really? Does he really need a Cadillac? Does he really need a convertible? And they actually start robbing the food from God's servants who are responsible for them. Bring food into my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. So you're not just robbing God when people don't bring their tithe. They're robbing God's servants. That there might be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that it will not destroy the fruit of your ground, and the vines in your field will not fail to bear fruit, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. (laughs) That's right, Kiernan. Now let's break this down. Look at all the promises God gives you when you return your tithe and offering. But I want to give you a prophetic insight to what this is and how this applies to the new covenant. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that it will not destroy the fruit of your ground And the vines of your field will not fail to bear fruit, says the Lord of hosts. The fruit of your ground. What ground? Your seed. You hear a lot of preachers that will say, I believe in radical giving. I believe in being generous. But they'll preach and say that they don't believe in the tithe. So what he's saying is I actually can't bless your ground that you're putting seed in because you haven't even given me your tithe. So a lot of Christians will run around and they might even be generous. They might go and help out at homeless shelters. They might go and sow some seed generously into random evangelists that come through their church, but they're not bringing their tithe. Therefore, because they're not bringing their tithe, the ground which they're sowing seed can't even be blessed. And yet they wonder why they're not living in prosperity. But you have to bring first your tithe in order for the ground to be blessed that you're sowing in, and then your offering. Somebody type in the comments, I'm a tither and a giver. I'm a tither and a giver. Remember, he said, return to me in your tithes and offerings. Not just your tithe, not just your offering. In your tithes and your offerings. Number two point, 
So the devourer is rebuked for your sake. I want you to write that down. The devourer is rebuked for my sake. When I'm a tither, number one, God rebukes the devourer, meaning from that point forward as a tither, you cannot go backwards. Write that down. I do not go backwards. So as a tither, you automatically can't go backwards. But in order to go forward, you got to be a giver. So the windows of heaven will be opened over your life, but your giving is what moves you up. So as a tither, the devourer is rebuked for your sake. You don't go backwards. It's illegal for the devourer to have a hold on you, your finances, your family. My pastor tells a story about a, a man whose daughter drowned in a pool one time. And they got her out and they were doing CPR on her and they couldn't bring her back. And finally he said, right now, because I'm a tither and a giver, he stood on his covenant with God. He said, Satan, take your hands off of my daughter. I will not be devoured. The devourer is rebuked for my sake. And his daughter came back to life. So when you're a tither and a giver, the devourer is not allowed to take anything from you. Nothing can be removed. And if the thief is caught trying to take something from you, the Bible says he must repay sevenfold. So just because you're a tither and a giver and you know the covenant that you have with God, you know that you can't be devoured, it doesn't mean the devourer is not going to try to come in and devour you. It says your adversary, the devil goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Whom he may devour. Meaning he can only devour you if you allow him to devour you. So you might know that you're a tither and a giver, but if you don't know you're not allowed to be devoured, he's going to come and see if he may devour you. He came and tried to devour that minister's daughter. But he stood on his covenant, rebuked the devourer, and his daughter came back to life. So he still goes around seeking whom he may devour. But it's your job to not be devoured. Somebody type in the comments, I shall not be devoured. So the devourer is rebuked for your sakes. So that it will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Meaning that every seed you sow will bear good fruit. And the vines in your field will not fail to bear fruit, says the Lord of hosts. Meaning your relationship as you're plugged into the vine, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do no good thing. So we get abundant life by being, what's the word I'm looking for? Grafted, engrafted into the vine. You'll notice when most people get off, the first thing that they do is they stop tithing. When the fruit on their vine, on their branches, begins to dry up and die, you'll notice the first thing that they do is they stop tithing. They've left God. So your tithing and your giving actually keeps your heart connected to the vine. Jesus said where a man's money is, there his heart is also. So the way you keep your heart connected to the vine is by keeping your finances connected to the move of God. My pastors are 30% givers. 
Therefore, I follow them as they follow the Lord. I am a 30% giver individually and the ministry. And that's a minimum. That's right. So Stephen put in the comments, this is my next point. What they'll tell you is recession is coming. So stop tithing. Recession is coming. So pull back on your finances. But no, that's not how we do things. When they say recession is coming, when men say there's a casting down, we say there's a raising up. We tithe more. We sow more. We stand on our giving and on our covenant with God. You actually have an opportunity to launch yourself even higher when men say there's a casting down and you say there's a rising up. Because what you'll do is you'll separate yourself. While everybody else is going down, you're moving up. And you're separated. Remember, we're in this world. We're not of this world. It says we've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's glorious son. Meaning what what the kingdom of darkness goes through, we don't go through. We go through what the word says we go through. Jesus said, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. And that word life is Zoe life, the God kind of life. It means abundant life. So Jesus was saying, I've come to give you abundant life and life more abundantly. In areas of your life where the devourer has come in and stolen from you, where the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, I've come to replace and give life and life abundantly. I've come to redeem, to remit, and to move you up on higher and to seat you with me in heavenly places. Hey, in the Netherlands, God bless you. The Netherlands is blessed because you're watching. So we're tithers and our giver, and, and we're givers. We don't speak lack, we speak abundance. We don't speak what the world economic form says, we speak what God's word says. We don't speak what the rest of the world says, we speak what God's word says. And just like the Lord said to Caleb and Joshua and Moses, as you have spoken in my hearing, I will do it unto you. Praise the Lord. That makes me happy. I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. Somebody type in the comments. I'm not going down. I'm moving up. I am recession proof. When there's a famine in the land, I'm not moved. When the brook starts to dry up, I'm not moved. When it seems like there's no food, ravens bring me provision. God will always lead me to a brook. God will always send the ravens to take care of me just like he did to Elijah. I'm not going down. I'm rising up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So it says, not only will you be protected from famine, protected from the devourer, but you'll be so abundantly blessed. He says, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so great You don't have enough room to store it all. God opens the windows of heaven for you. Not the windows of the earth for you. The windows of the heavens for you. To give you access to heaven's treasure. You'll see from a heavenly perspective. 
divine insight on business deals, on promotion, on lands to buy, on deals to take, on where to invest your money. Suddenly, when you're a tither and a giver, there was this, there was a man one time who made all of his living by investing. And he was one of the most successful investors of all time. And they said, how are you so successful in your investing? And he said, well, every morning when I pray with the Lord, I go into my prayer closet and I write down all the different investment options that are available for me. And I pray and ask the Lord, which one I should take that day. And every day the Lord tells me which one I should take. And every day I take it. And every day I grow in money. Every day my investments go through the roof and I'm not devoured. And he's a giver and a tither. So God will open the windows of heaven for you to look through and have heavenly insight into heavenly levels and playing fields. Everybody else will see from a natural perspective. We see from a heavenly perspective. We're looking through the windows of heaven. We're overseers. We're seated far above. You think about think where I'm, where I'm at right now, Ruston, Louisiana. Right now on the ground, what I can see is very limited. I can see across the street. If I'm on a tiny hill, I might be able to see down the street. But you move up 20 feet. If I stand on my roof, I could see a whole lot better. If I was in a hot air balloon, three, 400 feet above the ground, I'd see a whole lot better. I'd see almost the whole city of Ruston. But you seat me in heavenly places and I can see almost eternally. I can see far in front, far behind, east and west. I see everything that's going on. I don't miss a beat. You're seated in heavenly places, looking through heavenly windows at opportunities that flood toward you. The Lord takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And Abraham's blessings are yours. Point number two of becoming recession proof. Be a tither and be a giver. Recession is the devourer. Economic depression is the devourer. It's coming to recede what you have in your hand. Coming to devour what you have in your bank account and in your investments. But the devourer is rebuked for our sake. Nissel wants to know point number one. Point number one is you'll have what you say according to God's word. Numbers 13 and 14. And I'll leave you with this before I pray for you. Malachi 3 verse 12. Then, so after you've become a tither and a giver, then the nations will call you blessed. Not just your family, not just your boss, not just your church and your town. The nations will call you blessed. They'll say, man, everybody else was losing money. People were being evicted. People were losing their jobs. When the recession hit, it seemed like everything went haywire. But for some reason, he, for some reason, she moved higher. More lands came into their hands. They got a promotion. Somebody gave them property. Somebody bought them a new car. It seemed like when everybody else's life got worse, their life got better. There must be a God. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. When men say there's a casting down, 
you will say there's a rising up. When men say recession's hitting, you're saying I'm going to another level financially. The devourer is rebuked for my sake. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I'm protected. I'm in covenant. I plead the blood of Jesus. The devil can't touch me. He can't touch my finances and he can't touch my family. In Jesus' name. Somebody type in the comments, I'm moving up higher. I realize I've said that like four times because I got a ton of people in the comments saying I'm moving up higher. Praise the Lord. You got to keep saying it. Say it and say it again. I'm moving up higher. So by your tithing and your giving, you enter in to a money covenant with God. The tithe was established 400 years before the law was. And it says in Galatians 3 that when Jesus, although he was fulfilling the law of Moses, it said that as he was fulfilling the law of Moses, he was actually also fulfilling the promises given to Abraham. Well, what were the promises given to Abraham? Even the tithe and the offering. In Genesis chapter 14, Abraham gave tithes to the high priest Melchizedek. So everything that was active in Abraham's life was also being brought to pass in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. So by our faith in Christ, we are the seed of Abraham, and the blessing given on the tithe by Abraham in Genesis 14 by Melchizedek is the same blessing and even greater under a new covenant with better promises while we're in Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Seven keys, and it's going to be more, to becoming recession-proof and not being moved by the economics of this world. Number one, you'll have what you say. Number two, be a tither and a giver, and the devil cannot touch your money. Praise the Lord. I remember a few months back, I was wanting to move up higher financially, and I felt that I needed to send my pastor $1,000. And this was, wow, this is almost a year ago now. I felt I needed to send my pastor $1,000. So I did. At first, I'll tell you the whole story. At first, I sent him $500. And I was like, man, $1,000. At the time, I was like, $1,000 wasn't exactly easy to cough up. Not everybody just has $1,000 laying around. So it was kind of like my last $1,000 or close to it. So I sent my pastor $1,000, but I sent him $500 first. And then I waited about 30 seconds, and I was like, no. I know the Lord sent, said to send him $1,000. I, I know I got to send him 1000 So I sent him another 500 He shot me a text. He said, wow, thanks so much. Did you mean to send me that second 500 And I said, absolutely, pastor. Take care of God's servants and watch what God will do in your life. That day when I sent him that $1,000, Financially, in my own life, as well as this ministry, we moved up to a whole nother level. And I believe in that year, this would have been last year, in those like six or seven, eight months, I believe it was, in the first eight months of the year, we brought in a certain dollar amount. I don't know exactly what it was. But after I sent that $1,000 to my pastor, the four following months after those eight months, 
we brought in the same amount that we brought in the eight months before in four months. So we doubled the amount of money that came in in four in half the time off of one financial seed. We moved up higher. When COVID and everything was going on, people said, hold on to your money. Like my pastor says, uh, what does he say? Get all you can and can all you get and then sit on the can. <laughs> so when everybody else is saying, get everything that you can, can it all, and then sit on that thing and don't move. Stuff all your money under your mattress. When everybody else is saying that, the Lord was saying, no way, send your pastor $1,000 and I'll take you higher. And that's what he did. And we haven't gone backwards. We're only moving up higher. And that $1,000 is a small thing now. It's going to get to the point where I can give them $5,000, $10,000. And we'll just keep moving it on up. Praise the Lord. Your tithing and your giving will move you up higher when everyone else is going lower. In Jesus' mighty name. Well, I'm going to pray for you. And before I pray for you, I'm going to give you an opportunity to act in faith and to act on the word. If you've been blessed by today's message, I encourage you to ask the Lord what would represent your best today. What represents a seed that will make you recession-proof? For me and my pastor, it was $1,000. For some, it might be $500. For some, it might be $5,000. Ask the Lord, what's a seed that represents me moving up higher today and making myself recession-proof? As you know, we're feeding 1,200 kids every single month in other countries. And in August, we're bumping it up to 1,500. We're currently reaching thousands and thousands of people online with the Word of God each and every single week. And you can help play a part in that. Your financial giving makes a difference. So not only does your financial giving work and help this ministry to advance the kingdom of God, but it ensures that you're recession-proof when you're a tither and a giver. So the different ways that you can partner with us today financially are on your screen. You can give at Cash App, Dollar Sign, Revival Way. You can give through Venmo at Revival Way. You can give through PayPal at Revival Way. Or you can go to our website, RevivalWay.com, and click Partner Financially today. And that's what I encourage all of you to do. If you're not already a monthly partner with the ministry, I encourage you, become a monthly partner. And join us each and every single month as we advance the Word of God all over the world through social media and in-person evangelism. And I'm going to pray for people, for God to do financial miracles in your life as you give today. We're moving on up. We're moving up higher. And I also want to encourage people just to clarify the way I preach the tithe and the offering. If you have a local church that you're attending, that's where your tithe goes. Your offering can also go to that or your offerings can come here like we're taking an offering right now. If you don't have a local church you're attending, then your tithe can go to a traveling ministry like ours here online. But I encourage you to get into a local church. If you don't have any good local church around you, move to Ruston, Louisiana like I did. You'll see on your screen on YouTube right now. 
and come to Faith Church Ruston. If you're desiring to be a vessel of honor and you want to be raised up, equipped, and trained in the anointing and the Word of God to live holy, to be a vessel of honor, as Jesus comes back very shortly, I encourage people to move to Ruston, Louisiana like I did. I picked up the ministry. I brought six of my friends with me. And we all came down here to be raised up under a mighty man of God, Pastor Stan Pody. You won't find a better church with better people and better training. Logan said it's the best church in northern Louisiana. It is. I would say it's the best church in America. All right, you can go back to the giving slide. And if anyone is curious about what it looks like to move down here, if you need help, if you feel the Lord calling you to come, you can shoot me a message or our team a message. You can email us at support at revivalway.com and we'll help you however we can. Thank you, Chelsea. Appreciate that. All right, I'll give you one more testimony while people are giving and then I'm going to pray for people for financial breakthrough in your life, that you become recession-proof. This is for business owners. This is for people that are full-time employees. There was a woman a few months back who was believing God for a raise in her job. And she sent me a message. She said, Taylor, I'm sending the ministry $1,000. And I'm asking that God gives me a promotion at my job so I can get my dream house and so I can move up higher. So she stood on the word. She sent $1,000 into the ministry. I joined my faith with her. And a few days later, I got a message on Instagram. She said, oh my goodness, you're not going to believe this. Like I don't believe what I preach or something. She said, you're not going to believe this. I just got a call from my boss and he gave me a $10,000 raise. And he said, we're just starting there. I'm going to be giving you more and more raises as the years go on. So that $1,000 seed turned into a $10,000 harvest and it will continue to produce for her each and every single year. So if you're a full-time employee, if you're a business owner, give an offering and believe God for a promotion, for a raise, for more clients. I had another friend of mine who has a landscaping business. He drove two, two and a half hours a few weeks ago from Nebraska when I was still in Iowa to bring me a check for $1,000. And he said, I'm sowing this and believing for increase in my business. He said two days after that, he received more calls in those two or three days than he normally gets in two weeks. And his ministry or his, uh, it is kind of a ministry. His business is booming. His landscaping business because of a $1,000 seed. Dr. Mike Murdoch says a $1,000 seed is the seed that changed his life forever. He believes it's the most fast acting, most powerful seed you can give is the $1,000 seed. So I encourage people, if you've thought about it, sow a $1,000 seed in Jesus' name. Well, let me pray for people as you give. Those of you that are giving, I'm joining my faith with you right now, according to Matthew 18, verse 19, that we're to touch on this earth. God will make whatever we're believing for happen for us. So, Father, in Jesus' name right now, every person that sows seed into this soil, 
as they're a tither and a giver as they confess their covenant with you. I join my faith with them now for financial breakthrough. Angels, go cause the word to work. Bring in a bountiful harvest for we sow bountifully in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone that received it said, I receive it. And amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Money miracles are coming into your hands. Now, some people get like irritated and they say, you guys talk about money too much. Well, get used to it. If false prophets are going to keep talking about how money's going down, I'm going to keep prophesying how your money's moving up. So if they're going to keep saying recession's coming, I'm going to keep telling you how you're not going to be a part of it in Jesus' name. So what I want you to do right now before I let you go is give this video a thumbs up on YouTube. If you're on uh, Instagram, as soon as I post this, I want you to post it on your Instagram story and tag me in it. And if you're on YouTube, I want you to send this to as many people that you know need to become recession proof. And we're going to continue on with this series tomorrow morning. Don't forget, we also have morning prayer tomorrow morning at 830 with Stephen and Kate. I know you guys love morning prayer. So join them in the morning at 830 a.m. sharp. And then I'll be back on with part two at 11.30 a.m. And I believe, is our partner called tomorrow night? I believe we have a partner Zoom call tomorrow night as well. Anybody that's given to the ministry, I'll tell you what, anyone that's given $1,000 or more to the ministry or is a monthly partner, you will have access to the Zoom call tomorrow night where I take you guys a little bit deeper and uh, we activate supernatural secrets in every area of your life. These Zoom calls are awesome. This is where I, I get deep. I give you the meat, the steak, the good stuff. So you want to become a monthly partner and you want to join this call tomorrow night. June 14th, tomorrow night at 8 p.m. You don't want to miss it. I love you. I send my blessings. Money miracles are happening for you in Jesus' mighty name. Adios.